Welcome to the ADV Moto Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Slayball, and each episode we pick a theme and we talk with writers about that theme. And so the theme for this episode, episode eight, is fire starters. So it's not the prodigy song. Uh, it's people who are in the adventure space, adventure motorcycle space, that are lighting fires under people's sense of adventure. I think all of us have this, you know, from bygone eras from millennia ago, have this deep-seated need for adventure. I think it's in our DNA as a human species. And so I wanted to find two people that kind of light those fires in different ways. So in this episode, you get to meet Tom Morgan and Amanda Zito. So Tom is with The Adventurist, and Tom has created this kind of, I don't know what you call it, genre or perfect storm of um, these rally races where it kind of throws people into chaos, which kind of fosters an adventure. And so everything from, you know, riding monkey bikes through Morocco to uh, riding horses, like real live horses, on Genghis Khan's postal route through the entire of Mongolia. It's it's amazing. So I'm excited for you to meet Tom. And then you get to meet Amanda of As a Magpie Flies and Blind Thistle. So basically, if you've seen any moto illustration in the, in the motorcycle world, is probably you've seen Amanda's stuff. It's it's amazing. So she talks about how that fire for her got started and how that's passed on to others. Let's go. So I'm here with uh, Tom from The Adventurist. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Tom. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. And what's uh, what's your official like um, title? I, I know you had uh, a, was it idiot in chief? I think is what you have on on your website. Yeah, I think uh, something like that. Chief idiot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Professional idiot. I don't know. Uh, uh, if you, if you, so for anyone listening and, and watching, um, if you had to describe to somebody, like if you walked up to somebody in the street and said, like, what, what the heck is the adventurous? How would you describe it to them? Uh, large scale, stupid and dangerous things to do that might kill you a bit. Nice, nice. <laughs> that's 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 really good. That's really good. Yeah. So if you guys, if you go on over to um, to the website, if you just Google uh, the Adventurous, um, you'll see exactly what he's talking about, and you can like watch it and look at it as we talk here. Um, in this episode, we're talking about um, fire stutters, and you know specifically, uh, you know Tom, when I when I saw your website and like what you guys are doing as, as like we have to like you're the perfect you you embody everything about you know fire stars in the adventure space um talk a little bit about how you got into doing um your first rally because back in the early 2000s i believe in mongolia is that right yeah um i first i first tried to drive to mongolia in a really rubbish Fiat 126 um, which for those non-Europeans is uh, about the size of an American shoe it's like a 499cc um, it's much smaller than a Mini um, it was um, it's kind of an 80s car so it's boxy so they took a Fiat took a everything that was beautiful about the Fiat 500 and ruined it and then made it slightly less competent and they came up with the Fiat 126. Um, and I, they are basically my favorite car. I absolutely love them. I've had about eight of them in my, uh, or broken about eight of them. Uh, and uh, where are we going? Oh yeah, we, I was living in the Czech Republic with a friend of mine as part of 
a student exchange back at university and um, we bought one of these and we got ripped off because it was actually two cars that were turned out to be badly welded together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was a sh- it was a shambles of a vehicle and uh, we then just picked the most stupid place we could think of driving to, uh, knowing nothing about Mongolia or anything in between the Czech Republic and Mongolia and we thought that would do the job and then we set off with we made sure we didn't take any luggage we didn't make any plans and we didn't make any preparation so um, I think we had a packet of like 50p cigars and that was our provisions and uh, quite a lot of hope and we failed miserably Um, we only got to the kind of border of Iran and they turned us away I think because we were quite smelly by that point Um, and then (laughs) Uh, I had a lot of fun, obviously, and, and then I'd um, organised events, um, sort of fundraising events before, and I thought, let's launch this, everybody needs to try this, you've got to drive a really shit car uh, as far as you possibly can to Mongolia, and uh, I foolishly assumed that the whole world would come, so I announced the website, and I thought, blimey, there's going to be millions of people that want to do this, and there were, I think, six cars the first time we did it, I was a bit, so I was like, whoa, where's everyone else? And anyway, we uh, did it, and then it got to. Um, uh, we then I think we did it again the following year. I think I, ch- I, being a business genius, I charged everyone zero pounds to take part the first year, um, and obviously lost hideous amounts of money. Um, and <laughs> and then then it was like fifty, and then the following year after that, um, our we actually physically set our we sold out in like three seconds, two hundred places. And we physically set our server on fire in the building in London where it was being ho- where the website was being housed, and the right. kind of the word was out, and then it's kind of gone on from there. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, what do you think the appeal is for, you know, I mean, in in the modern day, um, what's your perception that, that that the appeal is for people that that they would set your server on fire? Uh, I don't know. Either uh, there's a lot of really stupid people out there. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I think I like. I think people. Uh, I think adventure, or as I see it, and I don't mean like traveling around and visiting places. I mean um, getting lost and stuck and um, in trouble to some degree uh, is something that we kind of. Uh, very efficiently work out of modern life. So you've got a mobile phone that knows where you are all the time, um, and uh, you know health and safety regulations that guide how you use a ladder in the UK, which is just ridiculous. And a coffee cup that tells you that it's hot. Well, I feel like I would hope it was hot, and I feel like I expect that. And I think being able to escape that and be in a place where every decision you make actually makes a difference. You know, if you did go one way, you might lose an arm. If you go the other way, you'll be fine. And uh, I think that's a very enriching experience. And I think that's massively missing from modern day life. It's all about convenience and productivity and boring stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like deliberately choosing the thing that's not convenient or not easy because <laughs> yeah. you know you know that it's gonna be it's gonna be more memorable number one, but also more rewarding because there's something to something to fight for and yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think we've spent quite a few million years running away from lions and we've, uh, we don't do that anymore, but yeah. I'm pretty sure we need to. 
And I haven't got any lions. I'm not allowed to have to drive stupid places in totally inappropriate vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always felt like you know, like we, the motorcycle is kind of like back. It harkens back to the old days of like, I don't know, like the nights or something like that, where you kind of like pick a direction and go on a mission, you know, yeah, or a quest, amazing. you know, kind of, kind of a little it has has that. I think it's one of the few things uh, left, you know, that kind of has that uh, feeling. At least for me, you know, it's like where you just throw a leg over, you know, your trusty steed and like pick a direction and go kind of thing. Yeah, that's very cool. And I think road trips in general have that as long as, and I, th- I think it's an approach because uh, worse now with things like Instagram where people go on these things for a picture as opposed to for the experience itself. Um, mm. Or they, if you go on a road trip and you decide you're going to see this, this, this and this, then really all you're going to be is disappointed because your imagination of what whatever tourist site was, the Taj Mahal or doesn't really matter, is going to be better than the reality. Whereas, frankly, stumbling across a funny toilet that you didn't know was there because you had no plans and you got stuck is going to be far more engaging than visiting the Taj Mahal, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Indian tourism's not going to be my friend anymore. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I, yeah. 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 So talk a little bit, because like when people, hopefully they're looking at your site by now, because what what we're talking about is going to make a lot more sense once they do look at your, your website. Um, <laughs> you know, the, you have basically, you know, by land uh, or by sea. I mean, you ha- you have the boat. Um, you did, uh, I think, the boats um, and uh, even two wheel. You guys aren't just relegated to to just two wheels, like you, like you said, you guys started with, with a car. Uh, I think you have horses now in Mongolia uh, and there. Talk a little bit about like um, how you guys have, you know, st- started with one thing and just kind of like spread out into these different modes of uh, transportation, whether they be uh, uh, gasoline or, or, uh, or, or living, living creatures, living, living animals uh, for, for transportation. I guess I think it's partly because the, the primary motivation for us is that idea of getting stuck and lost and uh, in, in, in kind of wading in straight, diving kind of headlong into the unknown straight away. And uh, so if, it's never really been about like vehicles are the, 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 are the vehicle for doing that. It's not really about the, the, the vehicle itself particularly. So we started with the Mongol Rally and then... Um, Three years later, we launched the rickshaw run in India, um, and never again. And we just we did that, I guess, because basically everyone we told us we spoke to told us it was a terrible idea, and everyone would die, and um, it would never work. It was completely impossible, and all of that made us think it was exactly the the best thing we could possibly do. <laughs> I think so much so there was such an argument that whether we could do it or not, that half of the people that signed up stormed off and left because there was some meeting. I couldn't be there. And they, half of them all got really angry about the fact it was stupid and left. Oh, I'm fine. We'll, we'll crack on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, not come. And then, uh, so the rickshaw run happened, um, which are tuk-tuks, which are like three-wheeled... Um, I guess they're a modification from a Vespa scooter with a kind of seat at the back, which are prevalent in India as the form of transport, but no one goes long distance. So even in India, everyone thought that was a terrible idea. And we did the whole length of India from south to north in a couple of weeks, and that was 
brilliant fun. And then I think after that we launched the 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 horse race in Mongolia. Um, so we um, just by chance, I think I was sitting in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Mongolia uh, with a friend of mine chatting about Mongolian history, and she we'd thought about horse races. Obviously, in Mongolia, horses are a really central part of their traditional culture. Um, and then she told me about Chinggis Khan's ancient postal system, which is a uh, well, a bit like the 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 Pony Express in the U.S., but a little bit longer lasting, and it predates it. Uh, so he, his was spanning most, you know, from all the way from Mongolia to what is present-day Poland. It used to spread, uh, mm. and uh, so we rebuild that. It's, we rebuild Chinggis Khan's ancient postal system across the Mongolian steppe, and that's a bit of that's become a bit of a monster. So that has, we have forty riders that come from all over the world, and for them, each horse only rides forty kilometers, uh, and then they change onto a new horse. So for forty riders, we have to vet and train one and a half thousand horses. And we have a team of about 500 people all building this postal system across the steppe. And again, there it's um, like they're semi-wild. They're semi-wild horses, a bit like your mustangs, but smaller. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that's probably our most dangerous race by far. <laughs> 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 but that's but yeah, that's gone from strength to strength. We've actually launched another one in Patagonia, and we're going to do one in the US soon. Um, and uh, then what else do we do? Then we've done the boats in Africa. We did, we did vintage Ural motorbikes across uh, Lake Baikal in Siberia in midwinter. Oh, uh, wow. like, they're, they're, they're the, do, you, do you know Urals? They're those kind of they're Russian copy of the BMW Second World War bike. Yeah. Um, yeah. Flipping cool and totally unreliable. Because uh, yeah. we did <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely boxer engine underneath that uh, is impossible to get the timing right on the carburetors. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, really cool. Um, and then we did what else did we do? We did uh, yeah these things called ungalowers, which are a dugout mango tree and a blanket that you sailed across the ocean, the Indian Ocean. Uh, and again, it's these kind of taking a. Something local is quite nice because you get a different reaction from people that you're traveling. The cultures that you travel through respond very differently when you're in India, you look ridiculous and you're clearly doing something stupid with a, something that they fully, you know, that, that they use on a day-to-day -day level, day-to-day -day basis. It's quite a nice way of interacting with people and the same in horses in Mongolia and um, Euros in Russia. And then... Uh, uh, so I suppose breaking away from that, paramotors, we did a flying race down the west coast of the US in para on paramotors, um, which are just amazing things. Just completely ridiculous that anyone can fly around uh, the country without any license whatsoever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> amazing. Yeah, is it is a para, uh, paramotor, right? Is, is That's that right, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild because it's not, you don't, yeah, you're absolutely right. You don't need, um, any kind of um, if, for those of you who don't know what paramotoring is, go to YouTube and uh, and uh, type in uh, Tucker Gott uh, is is one of the big guys in the in the space uh, on YouTube. But um, basically, what it is, it's a it's a, a specially designed. It looks like a parachute, but it's not. It's a wing, and uh, and you have a, a, a motor uh, strapped to your back, and um, and basically that's your uh, and then you. You know, that's your uh, 
I don't know what you call it, your energy for moving forward. And um, but I've seen people go up to like fifteen thousand feet <laughs> with one, with one of those things, you know. And you still have to like you can't like fly. In, like I mean, still there is some regulation like you can't fly yeah. in clouds, you know, and, yeah. and different stuff like that. But uh, you can't fly over cities or towns or built-up places. All sensible stuff. But they're, well, they're really lovely in that you can kind of get you can reach places that you couldn't normally get to, mm-hmm. um, and you can fill up in a regular gas station. So. You know, you, we did about a thousand miles down the west coast. It was just, it was just awesome. And just you know, camping out sometimes under a under a tree. You just never really knew where you're going to end up each day, which I think is is part of it. Then the weather blew people out of the sky. It was it was chaos in a good way. Wow, wow. Do you find like the challenges are different? You know, putting on uh, an adventure rally in say in i would assume from you know america to to russia or to mongolia um i i, I assume are, are the the challenges is it is it the government is it logistics is it um you know people not like people in like america not being able to chill out and let go or or like what would you what would you say are the some of the biggest challenges i think it's for every 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 different adventure has its own total nightmares, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all quite different. Um, with the, sometimes it's political. It depends on what we're doing. So with the rally, it could be political because we've got to get the cars in and out of various different countries. Um, lots of customs and um, permissions that have to go on in the background. Um, with the Mongol Derby, it's logistical because you have... Uh, nearly 2,000 moving parts that you're trying to keep in one place uh, or at least more or less uh, all, all over the sort of 10 day period yeah so it's, it's, it's hard to say I don't, there's not really anything that joins them up each one is is its own um, shit show <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So looking towards uh this year, I know you guys um have uh, looking at like your two-wheeled adventures. Yeah. Um you have the the monkey run I think coming up in uh Mongolia this uh this year, is that right? That is right. Yeah, I'm quite excited about that. Mongolia is basically the ultimate location for uh, land-based adventures it's huge no fences the landscape changes dramatically it's yeah, it's an amazing place to do this um, and th- th- there's not really roads anywhere of, I mean there are roads but most of the country is just joined by dirt tracks and that's just flipping awesome and then obviously monkey bikes are the perfect machine to do any adventure on yeah they're, they're my yeah my, about my favorite yeah yeah, we we'll talk about some of the experiences you've had on on uh, on monkey bikes. I think, you know, one of the things I talk a lot about on the podcast is I think there's the perception with you know quote adventure riding, you know, um, that you have to have a large, um, you know, at least thousand cc, you know, crazy bike with, um, you know, aluminum panniers and all this, you know, yeah. kind of crazy stuff, and you know, look like you're you're riding a house or something, but you know, really it's <laughs> It, you can you can have an adventure, like like you said on monkey bikes. So, what were some of the the um, experiences you've had on on monkey bikes? Yeah, I, I think the you have a better adventure on a monkey bike than you do on a on a any other anything too well 
like a, the big bikes it's a bit like over planning your adventure that, that, it's a different sort of fun like some people take enjoyment out of planning and organization and doing exactly what they thought they were going to do which is great and for some people that's a brilliant form of relaxation or holiday but i don't think it's an adventure for me i think the the tininess and the ridiculousness of monkey bikes makes them perfect and they're actually you know if it if you can't get up whatever it is you just drag it up tie a rope and pull it up you can always find a way to get there uh, it might not be uh, elegant but it would be a lot more fun um, so we we first tried it uh, in morocco across the atlas and yeah they're just they're just awesome they're so they're <laughs> we did it on 50 cc 50 cc engines because they're the, the least capable. And then as we're getting up to the top of the Atlas, it was 4,000 meters struggling to get us up there. We're basically pushing them up the hills and they, 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 they stop working when you hit a river or you get up to your waist very quickly. They're, they're, they're brilliant. They're much, they create adventure as opposed to having to go looking for it. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys do you, so? Do you end up taking the um, the bikes with you, or do you you um, get them wherever, like in the destination, just buy them locally, or how does that usually end no, up happen? We always import them ourselves. So we, so like we do it in Peru in through the the, the, the through the Amazon rainforest over there, and we have to we set up a company in the country to register them to we import them, sort all the taxes out, and bring it all in like that so it's a, quite a slow process and the same in Morocco and uh, Romania as well so we mm. have a variety of companies that own a variety of really shit vehicles <laughs> 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 and then we reuse them we find good mechanics to rebuild and you know and where, where they can be rebuilt and basically roll again until they're totally buggered yeah yeah yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. What um, what kind of like what you said, fifty cc's? What kind of um, what kind of brands are you guys are you guys using on the monkey bikes? I'm curious. Uh, we just use Chinese copies at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so we have uh, most of ours are a brand called Sky Team, which are. Mm. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's part of their charm. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any like moments that stand out to you? Like since you've started this whole, this whole thing, I mean, cause it's been going what now almost, almost two decades, right? Cause it was the early two thousands when you got. God, got yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm always saying I've been doing it for about 10 years, but I'm now nearly a decade out of date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when you have kids and you're like, you're like, my kid's like two years old and like, they're actually like five because you always have one that's like the baby, you know, you're your little baby that you always have. Yeah. 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 Well, so looking back on, on the, the 10 years plus another decade uh, that, you've, <laughs> <laughs> that you've had with this, um, what, I don't know, looking back on it, like what's been maybe like two highlights for you that, that stand out in your mind is like moments where you just kind of stand back and go like, wow, I can't believe this is, this is real. And it, this is a thing, you know, I think probably the, the two were the first time we finished the rickshaw run. Cause I genuinely had no idea how many people would survive. 
uh, and then everyone got to the finish line, and uh, I was, yeah, I was, I, and, and, and I think having had the experience, you kind of never, we didn't really try it out, we just assumed it would be good, but discovering that it was actually just awesome fun, um, that was pretty big highlight. And then the first, again, uh, when it was concluded, the first horse race we did, when that had finished, and we're like, because that was quite a different type of project. Quite, you know, a huge amount of logistics from vets and doctors and satellite tracking and everything that was going on. When that finished and it was a success, I think I drank far too much vodka <laughs> and uh, fell over. <laughs> Did the same in Darjeeling in India. In fact, there's a picture of me falling over in a toilet, I think, somewhere. That's my way of celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. That's cool. So, if people want to, they want to, like, do one of these adventures. Is the easiest way to go just on your on your uh, on your website and just check out what you guys have available, or? Yeah, you, yeah. Basically, jump on the mailing list because we release some of the new stuff by email. Um, yeah, just theadventurous dot com will tell you what's going on, and. Um, yeah, obviously not a lot this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully by the summer we'll be back up and rolling. Yeah. Once these vaccines yeah. do their thing. Yeah. Has the has the past has the past how's the past year been for you, you know, with I with COVID, you know, because that's one of the things that inevitably comes up, you know, on on um you know, each of these episodes. And for those listening, we're recording this in, in early January um and um but what yeah what's the the past i guess it would be more like eight months probably uh look yeah. like you know for you guys uh different uh yeah <laughs> so we had quite a lot of events that we've postponed essentially and we, we, we've kind of rolled a lot of people forward to the following year um but yeah it's given us time to work on projects that we haven't been wanting to do for for years and and uh, which has been great in other respects. So, yeah, it's been, uh, uh, it's not without challenges, but it's actually, I think, been pretty constructive in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder if, if people won't place more value on, you know, kind of these experiences, you know, because like what you're offering is, is, is an experience, right? I mean, it, you're, yeah. you're kind of like, saying you know we will provide you the framework for this whatever it turn it's going to be for you you know we can't say 100 percent. it's not like a like not like a cruise ship or something <laughs> where you go and you know like you know have all this stuff that's planned out for you and have your quote you know adventures yeah. but it's more like you kind of provide a framework and then you know um it's up to the person so i, I hopefully I, I hope people will probably value experiences over stuff you know, and uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully seek out more more things like what you guys are doing. Yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, we don't, we, um, I think because of the way, like, people get are quite into it. So most people just were like, okay, no worries, we'll do it when as soon as we can. Whereas, whereas people who are, like, booking on a cruise ship or whatever it might be, were like, oh, I'll cancel it and I'll think about it again later. Whereas these guys are quite committed, which is which has been great for the last eight months and then we'll get rolling again. And mm -hmm. 
yeah, I guess being trapped up makes you a little bit introspective about what you value, doesn't it? When you're locked in your house with nothing to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I, one, one other question, I I think, you know, um, looking at like, so I, I have a family, I know you have a family too. Has that changed your perspective on adventure or is it, do you, do you have that, I mean, I I know for me personally, like, you know, I want to share from, you know, riding motorcycles, right? I want to share that with, with my kids. Is that something that uh, is, you know, I don't know, is that, is that like an urge or do you hope that they'll discover kind of on their own terms or I don't know? Yeah, no, I I do. Yeah. I think, um, I, I guess it changes changed my perception of risk a little bit but not necessarily of adventure like I still think it's Mm. that sense of uh, I guess the word is chaos that I think is important to find yourself in Um, and I always encourage our kids to go out and um, they're a bit young to go and get lost because they would actually literally never come back (laughs) (laughs) they'd just be street kids somewhere else Uh, so and I'd probably get arrested so (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know as much as is uh, is possible yeah and try and encourage them to get out and seek adventure I think it's important yeah 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 I think there's that that tendency to at least I, I feel that to like overprotect, you know when really they need to just experience you know and and yeah kind of let let them you know bump bump their knee and and uh you know, which I guess translates so to, to our adult lives too, you know, a little bit to, cause I, I know there's, there's times when, you know, like, like when I, if I haven't ridden, you know, thrown the leg over the bike in a while, you know, you kind of have that, that sense of dread or fear of like, Oh, there's so mm-hmm. many things that could go wrong. But then once you're out there riding, it's like, it's, there's an accepted level of risk, but, um, but it makes you like, I don't know, more balanced, you know, as a person once, once you, you go through that and, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, I think you're right. It's really hard to not overprotect them. And, uh, but that's like, that's, there's quite a lot of value in doing it. It's just, you know, you don't want your children too covered in blood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast and tell us a little bit about the adventurists and and uh, kind of what you guys are doing to, to stoke the fires of adventure and uh, and it sounds like it's it's really catching on and growing year upon year, uh, you know. And uh, yeah, how many how many adventures do you guys have going this year? I think you had mentioned or. Um, in a normal year, it's probably about 20. Okay. Um, but obviously, uh, not this year. Uh, yeah. We're starting again, but yeah, about 20. We have sort of five, five or six main adventures, and then some of them happen more than once a year, but not very often. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. What, what do you see, like, you know, down the road, do you kind of have a goal for, for where it's going, or...? Like, do you have kind of like, I don't know, like kind of like how many, like, would you love to see this 
expand to a hundred a year or, or uh, are you happy kind of with what it's looking like? Yeah, I don't know. I think I mean, to the point, I don't want it to be, if it became too big, then it could lose sort of the purpose of it. I think what I'd like, we'd, we'd look, we're looking at doing a few different things mm-hmm. from um, we're going into producing uh something that we hope people can buy and it will create adventures every day in their life mm. um, and we'll be releasing that um uh in the within a month or so which i'm quite excited about and then we're looking at do whether we can do really short form stuff and how short we can make it like as i always I guess I've always tended towards longer form meandering, getting lost adventures, but I've been kind of trying out like how messy can it get in like 12 hours and (laughs) what can you do with a weekend to make these things more accessible, I guess, because not everyone can take five weeks to go and get stuck in Mongolia um or you know even even a week or so maybe. So we're just trying to see because I do I do genuinely feel like these experiences have value um, to me at least I don't know and maybe to other people but so if we can get that I don't know how short I don't think it could be much shorter than a day um, but and, and the trouble is being at you know you don't want to say you can do it in a day but it might take you a week to get out of the mess you've got into uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to work that out and trying to find a balance between like oh you know how much of a slap in the face can you give someone over a weekend yeah um, before it's a total disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The balancing act, I guess. Yeah. So a few more short form things and um, yeah, and some st- and an object of adventure. Yeah. I'm quite excited about. Yeah. Are you are you kind of do you see your experiences more as something like people train for or just something that they they just sign up and 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 just dive in and go go for it? I like the latter, ideally. I mean, so like the horse race people obviously have to be decent horse. There's in all of our other races, the only concern really is the the people taking part who have obviously made a choice. Whereas with the horse race, we have to look after. You know, our primary concern is looking after the the, the, the animals, yeah. and uh, the humans. We don't really care about if they break their back. It's, you know, that's it was a choice to to do that. Whereas, and the other stuff, we try and make it as accessible as possible because, you know, you just like, I don't know, you just want to be able to decide to do it and, and go yeah. with this a little. So with things like the monkey bikes, we give, you know, we, we give people training. They've been, you know, maybe they've, in some countries you can just drive, well, in the UK you can just drive, jump, a fifth, jump on a 50cc and drive it without having any training. Or particularly, you can have a yeah. driving license, but not a, don't need any motorbike training. Um, so we try and make it as accessible as possible. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Tom, for, uh, for being on the podcast. And, um, yeah, if people are, anybody listening or watching, uh, is interested in, in, um, any of these adventures, uh, getting lost on a boat or a horse or, uh, a monkey bike or a rickshaw or a paraglider, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go go check out uh tom's website the it's uh the adventurous uh dot com and uh yeah yeah it's and the videos are good too that was another thing i was going to mention you guys do a uh, really really nice job with your uh videos and kind of summarizing that up which uh 
kind of feeds the adventure bug for me. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of easy when the backdrops are so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, well thanks again. Thanks Tom. for inviting me on. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you. So if you want to see more from Tom, just go to theadventurous.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but just looking on there now, it's, it's pretty cool. You can see um, the rickshaw run, which was, as you mentioned, the first one in there. He calls it Zen and the Art of Ignorance. <laughs> there, Don't plan, don't take a cell phone. Um, the, specifically, the monkey bikes, um, the monkey bike adventures, I'm looking to have ones in Morocco, uh, USA, Peru, Mongolia, Romania. Uh, the Mongolian ones actually sold out two years in advance so those i don't think those are available anymore but uh some of the other ones are so yeah go take a look it looks like a blast so oh, we can be inspired in a lot of ways right i mean through you know hearing watching video uh hearing somebody's story around a campfire or seeing an illustration or a photograph and in this case amanda is a gifted illustrator she's like i said earlier in the podcast if you've seen any kind of illustration in the motorcycle space you've seen amanda's work because she does amazing stuff and i have to say like some of her uh, illustrations for rallies and stuff like it gets me stoked there's one for the uh, pnw dual sport and the way she I, i've done a lot of riding around the pacific northwest and the way she captured that in her illustration just like so succinctly it, it just it captures so many of those feelings that I have and, and like gets me excited to go out and ride. So you're gonna get to meet Amanda and she talks a little bit about how she got started in art and what some of the reasons were uh, behind that. So I'm excited for you to meet Amanda. Hello, beautiful people. My name is Amanda Zitto. You may recognize me from my YouTube channel as The Magpie Flies where I make motorcycle travel videos. But I am also an illustrator. I have a bachelor's degree in fine arts from the Pacific Northwest College of Art. I graduated in 2014. Halfway through art school is when I decided to learn to ride motorcycles more to replace horses than anything else. And also to have a cheaper way to get from Portland to Montana and back. I am a born and raised Montanan. My family live in Montana. I am forever homesick, so I go back and forth quite a lot and it's almost half the price in gas to take a motorcycle rather than a car. So for the first two years that I was riding motorcycles, I was doing it totally by myself. I didn't know anybody else who rode besides my grandpa. And I didn't even know there was like a whole community around motorcycles until I found themotolady.com. And that's when I really decided to become a part of the motorcycle community, become a part of something that was pretty jarring to me when I decided to join the motorcycle community is the lack of representation of female riders that weren't naked or in bikinis or in short shorts and being overtly sexualized objects. And representation matters to me. So I just started drawing what I wanted to see in the industry, women in full gear riding their own motorcycle and owning it. And I didn't expect it to be a thing. Uh, like nobody knew who I was when I started doing that. But it's pretty crazy the amount of people in the motorcycle community that I have had the opportunity to work with and meet in person and all of these things purely because I decided to start drawing women on motorcycles and full gear. I've worked my way into kind of a niche of motorcycle event posters, but that's been super fun. I've made work for Babes Ride Out, uh, PNW Dual Sport, the Back Road Ball, a bunch of other smaller motorcycling events. And of course, I still make uh, personal work uh, with stuff that just resonates with me. 
and everybody's responded really well to it. It's been really awesome to see my work out in the world and so many people embracing it and putting it up on their walls has been really awesome. If you would like to see more of my motorcycle work, you can go look at blindthistleillustration.com or you can hit me up on Instagram at blindthistle. Thanks, guys. In a dark space, but I'm climbing. So that wraps up this episode and spoiler alert, uh, this podcast, uh, this is my last podcast with ADV Moto podcast. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen and take time out of your lives, uh, to either watch or listen to the podcast. Um, that means a lot. Uh, it's been a lot of fun having the guests on here. And I also want to say thank you to, uh, the ADV Moto team, the people behind the scenes that are helping make this podcast happen. A lot of people invoices that you never see or hear. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't be possible without them. So thank you uh, for that. And, uh, just a quick plug for ADV Moto. Um, if you want to see, uh, the magazine, they have an online subscription, just go to advmoto.com and uh, a lot of really cool stuff, uh, coming up from Dakar, uh, from Justin and Kira's time there. Uh, and they talk about that. So yeah, it's been fun. Thanks again. If you ever see me on the road, say hi. Uh, if you want to drop an email, just Google my name or whatever and say hello. It'd be great to, to chat life or bikes or whatever. It'd be great. So yeah, so long. Thanks for all the fish and see you down the road. Yeah.